Motiversity family, it's Marcus Taylor. And I want to thank you for tuning in to the Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity, one of the top 50 podcasts in the world. If you enjoy listening to Motiversity and this podcast, you need to download the Mindset Daily Motivation app. On it, you'll gain access to thousands of motivational speeches, including Motiversity's and mine. And now, with the new Mindset Alarm feature, you can start each day with purpose, waking up to powerful audios like this one. You may be average, you may be ordinary, but you have the opportunity every single day to make extraordinary decisions. And what you do today will determine your future. To download Mindset, just go to MindsetApp.com or search for Mindset Daily Motivation on the Apple or Google Play Store and listen to motivational speeches while getting ready for the day. Click the link to download Mindset now and get ready to transform your life. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's very wonderful to see a mountain and to want to climb it and put your flag on top of it. It is very wonderful to want to create your own mountain so that you can then climb it and put your flag on top of it. Um, But it is also wonderful to know why you are doing that, or why you are compelled to climb mountains in the first place. And you might discover that everyone values mountains, but you actually love the sea. And perhaps swimming is what you really should be doing. And if your calling is the mountain, then by all means go and climb the mountain. But if you have questions about the sea, you might as well run the experiment see what happens. Life means to evolve. And if you're not evolving through small incremental changes that build up over time to create a large change, then you're probably dead. Um, And that shouldn't really be a goal of anyone. I think every day (laughs) I get up and I say, what are my priorities? Um, And then I I move towards that. And sometimes, honestly, my priorities are to see how many back-to-back episodes of whatever I'm watching on Netflix I can watch, you know, if it's that kind of introvert's Sunday that I need, you know, for in order to be my best self out in the world Monday morning. Um, And sometimes it's, you know, how much of my to-do list can I crank through before lunch? And so I tell myself that this to-do list or the things that are, are on it are so insignificant compared to the things that I have already done or I've already survived or already accomplished that it's, it's almost laughable that they think they can stay there on my to-do list, you know? Like, they're, they're actively mocking me. And so if you can get to the point where you can say, well, I've already pushed through something uncomfortable or I've already done uh, something that I, I didn't think that I was able to do, didn't have the skills to do, didn't have the confidence to even try, but yet circumstances intervened and I was forced to. I've I've already done these things. And yeah, they were in a different context. Maybe they were in a personal context and not a career context. 
or in my case, they were in the theater and not in the science world. But I've already, it's, proof of concept is already there. So what reason do I have to believe that this isn't, it's not going to work again? So not thinking about it as this entirely novel new thing because you do get the fear response to new things because that's our brain trying to protect us from you know, things that might be dangerous that we, we don't know anything about and realizing that in fact, this is a familiar task that's cloaked in, in a new environment. And so I think that there's a lot to be said for looking back at our successes and not just appreciating them, but, but really recognizing that the new challenges, in fact, are old dragons we've already slain. A lot of the early accomplishments that I have made were because I didn't realize that there was an option. Um, and there's actually a, uh, a type of method for teaching. I also used to play the violin. Um, and I was taught with the Suzuki method. And if you look up the Suzuki method, you have all of these little four, five, six-year-olds that are playing violin concertos that are you know, far beyond what you would think somebody of that age um, should be able to do. And it's because nobody told them that they shouldn't be able to do that. And so that was basically my reality. I was told, well, you're 11, you're gonna start going to college. So I went and the expectation was you're supposed to get good grades, so I did. Every time there was a goal, put in front of me, I didn't realize you could not accomplish it, so I just did. We'll never really know who we would have been if we had made like one different decision, you know, way back there in, in, in our childhood. But because of the way the brain develops, we are more emotionally susceptible to the experiences that we have early on in life than we are later in life. We all have to live in this society that's been <laughs> created for us, and there's you know, certain expectations that one is a contributing member of the community of humanity, um, and that can be accomplished in many different ways. I think um, if I had a group of young people that I was responsible for, I would try and listen. Listen more than maybe my parents did to what each of them want. I certainly wouldn't try and mentor all of them, because you can't do that, right? But put them in situations where they can find people to emulate and to look up to and to ask the right questions of. Because the worst thing in the world is to have an inquisitive mind or to have questions and to not know the right people or have the right resources to get them answered. So the youthful brain is still plastic, it's still developing, and it's more susceptible to information in certain ways than in others. Um, I'd use stories. I would use um, imaginative language um, and humor. But there's a certain amount of finishing that happens in those last few years in the early, in the early 20s, which is the full development of the prefrontal cortex, which is sort of responsible both for those, um, the, our ability to think logically and to predict outcomes, and, and also maybe a little bit for us to project the negative outcomes as well, right? So optimism uh, falls victim to reality. Brains are lazy because most of nature is lazy. There has to be a justifiable reason for energy output, you know, because that's using resources that is important for survival. So if our brains are lazy and they follow the processes that are easiest for them to follow, if you have constantly trained your brain in through like reframing and reframing and reframing, 
that the positive, the optimistic outcome is the easiest one to think about. And it has to work very hard to think about the negative ones. It, unless it's feeling threatened in some way, it will go, eh, seems good enough. <laughs> because it's a, it's a prediction machine. It's like, I predict that this is probably what's going to happen. It'll be a positive outcome. There might be other factors, but the energy that I would be expending thinking about those other factors doesn't seem in line with what's necessary for the importance of this decision. So, good enough. Our brains really don't like to be bored. Um, that we get very unhappy if they're understimulated. And then that can, that can go to solving the problem in, in many different ways. Not just how can, I, how can I solve the problem short term, but how can I ensure that this is not going to be a problem in, in the long run. Emotion was not um, useful or you know, it is actively a destructive thing and that I had to build my life entirely logically. Now that's obviously like we're human, so it's impossible. We make emotional decisions all of the time, but a youthful, uh, developing brain thinks that this is something that can be done, and that they can, you know, always do the right thing. And the right thing is a logical thing. Um, and then, as I started to learn about the brain, and as I started to learn about myself, um, I realized that I didn't have a lot of experience in seeing what would happen if I just let them come. And most people experiment with this in adolescence, but they don't know they're experiencing, you know, just these, these emotions. They, they just kind of think this is how I am and this is who I am, right? They don't think about it in, a, in an abstract way. I went to New York and I trained at the Alvin Ailey School, which is a very well-known school of modern dance um, there in Manhattan. And I was going to be a dancer, but then there were sort of cracks in the facade a little bit. I wasn't quite fulfilled and when you're a dancer especially when you're a young dancer you're treated as if you don't have a mind of your own um, and you are simply a body and the artistic director and the choreographer or the teacher is giving you the input and you have to back and for someone that already had a bachelor's degree in biochemistry that wasn't really <laughs> satisfying um, especially when they would make comments about biochemistry like don't eat too much turkey for Thanksgiving because then you'll fall asleep because tryptophan right. be like do you know how many turkeys you'd have to eat <laughs> but I digress all I hope for women in STEM is that they stop worrying about whether or not they're fitting in and whether or not they are supposed to be emulating the men or making a point of being female and and they they start just taking things taking their power, taking their place at the table, and not asking permission for it. And we have all of these trailblazing women that have had to do that. They have had to take, and there are so many glass ceilings in academia, you know, the ancient ivory tower that it is, and they are still there to be broken. But I think for the masses, since we're always trying to get women in STEM now and women in coding, and so it's, I think of it as like, I hope this isn't offensive, like storming the beaches at Normandy. Like we just put enough women into the pipeline, then the fact that it's so leaky won't be a problem. We'll eventually get enough of them through to tenure track positions that there will start to be a positive feedback loop. And I think that for the masses, it can be very difficult to be at your best when you're constantly looking over your shoulder and wondering if being you is enough. <laughs>